0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the upcoming. Doctors, lawyers, entrepreneurs, it doesn't matter. We're here to talk about all the best and the brightest as they make their way to their dream careers. I'm your host, Jonathan Carr. Join me as we have a spectacular conversation with an equally spectacular person. You ready? Let's go. Hello, world, and welcome to The Upcoming, the perfect place to catch the best and brightest on their way to the top. Joining me now for The Upcoming's fifth episode, straight out of the Bronx, New York, she is right now a program counselor for the School of New York Times. She is a sophomore uh, down at Purchase College with a major in acting and her dream is to make it all the way up be an actress, director, and public speaker. So yeah, we're about to have us a very fun conversation. So joining me now, the great Misa Love-Smith. How's it going, Misa?
1: Hi, it's going great. I'm so glad to be here talking with you, John. Ah,
0: yes, yes. It's going to be a great conversation. So thank you very much for coming. So one thing i like to... Uh, ask my guests is this little bitty question. So Misa Love, for the people who don't know, in your own words besides the intro, of course, who and what exactly are you?
1: Okay. Um. Let's see. So as you said, my name is Misa Love, and that is actually my first name, so I have two first names. People tend to call me Misa, but and I used to go by Misa a lot, but um, now I've chosen to have the full name and take pride in my full name. And people have been calling me that, so I appreciate that. So I am Misa Love. Um, I'm very into astrology, so I'm also a Libra, uh, if that counts or anything. Um, let's see. I am an up-and-coming actress. I am an actress. I'm currently in school for that. Um, I'm also a baker. I have my own baking business that I started in 2020, but I've been baking all my life. Um, it's called Made with Love by Misa Love have to right um and let's see um I would say I'm a creative I have a creative mind I have an artistic mind I have a creative eye um I see the world a little bit differently than the average human just I I find the beauty in things I find the art in things I find the root of things because everything comes from something um yeah I guess I guess that's all that's coming to my mind right now about who I am but yeah,
0: that is amazing. So, Misa Love, I'm actually a little bit curious about, because you just said how you're a creative mind, creative thinker. You see the art and everything. What is it about, you know, creativity that you like? Why do you see things? How do you feel you see things more creatively than others? Like, what about like creative thinking? Do you think sets you apart from other people?
1: I would say that the world that we live in and the society that we live in is very, uh, I don't know the exact word for it, but I, you know, I would say negative. We do live in a very negative world and a very negative society where we put each other down. We speak negatively to each other. We, we kind of just walk through life, walk through life, very narrow minded. And I would see myself as very open-minded. I'm open to new things, open to hearing different people's perspectives, um, And kind of just looking at the deeper side of people and like the people that have the substance and just all that is to a person and not just the surface level stuff. Um, I think a lot of humans tend to see things as very surface level or see people as surface level or act surface level. But I would say just um, treating people with kindness and very much like the creative mind of how do I say it? Let me see. Just um, seeing the world as a beautiful place instead of being cynical or like, oh, this is happening, oh, the world is, oh, da 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 you know? Um, just seeing the beauty in things, seeing the beauty in nature, seeing the beauty in people, um, seeing the meaning of things and not just looking at it straight on, narrow-minded, oh, this is my opinion, this is how I'm gonna see the world, and that's that. Um, so I think that, that creative mind of having that, um, it helps me also become a better actor um, being that I am portraying other people and their stories, uh, it's you can't judge the character that you are, that you're portraying. Um, because if you judge them, then you're never going to fully step into who they are and be able to tell their story. You have to understand them, see where it comes from, see who they are, see the beauty in them, see the ugly in them. Um, so that's why I say I, I have a creative mind and I see things creatively because I, instead of choosing the negative all the time. I choose to find the positive in things, even the little things, even the, the worst things. Um, so yeah.
0: That's amazing. So I'm a little bit curious about your history, Misa Love. So basically uh, your earlier life. So how was how art, especially performing arts, made its impact in your life? How did you know deep down that performing arts was the path you wanted to go forward?
1: So I actually love to tell this story because it's very shocking to people. So I had the first time I was ever on a stage, I was three months old because my dad, he is a performer, entertainer, singer. Um, so I he gets on stages all over the city, all over the world. He's actually helped me travel the world. So I've traveled to at least four countries before, not even four, maybe five before the age of 18, I'm 18 now. So I've been to Shanghai, China seven times, Turkey twice, uh, the Maldives, I just went to Paris this past spring break, Um, Canada, Russia, a lot of different places and I've performed on stages all over there. So when I was in China, I would be on stage at 3 a.m. right next to my dad, dressed up, makeup, everything, at like the age of like seven. So the stage, it was always like a a playground for me. While other kids, they had the swings and things like that. I was always on stage with a four piece band behind me. And um, I think that also helped to like me being more open and meeting a lot of different people and just exposing me to so much at a young age, so much positive things at a young age and just that there's a whole world out there. And I'm not limited to my borough. I'm not limited to my state. So, yeah, I traveled a lot with my dad, but then, of course, like going to school and starting that, um, I couldn't travel with him all the time. So I got back, and I think the first time I ever did like a role, I was King Midas. It was fourth grade, and we had like bed sheets as togas, but it didn't matter. I, I loved it and i was like okay this is this is kind of cool then i kind of stopped a little bit for like fifth grade just i was kind of just living life at first i really wanted to be a singer to follow my dad but then i was like something about it's just not for me so um sixth grade i was in my english class and we were reading a midsummer night's dream and my english teacher she kept getting on me she was like, oh. Love, like, where do you see that interpretation that you're saying in the text? Where does it say that? Because I had this big imagination. I was like, oh, well, he means this, then, the third. Uh Ah, but it's like, where do you, where's the evidence? And so she recognized my big imagination and was like, we have a Shakespeare elective where we're going to be putting on a Midsummer Night's Dream. I want you to join. So I'm like, okay, sure, fine. And I join. And of course, I'm, this is my first time really doing a play. So I try out for the lead role. I'm so disappointed that I don't get the lead role. I got Titania, the queen of the fairies. And I can say now that is truly one of the best roles I've had. And it re- for that to be my first genuine role and real role. It was just eye opening because it was like, it's OK. You don't have to be the lead to make an impact on the show. Um, so I, I learned that and we were doing rehearsals, but then we also had this Shakespeare competition where we would perform some of the scenes from a Midsummer Night's Dream against like other middle schools and high schools in the city. So my first time doing it, sixth grade, uh, I won second place. And I was like, okay, uh, this is what I want to do. I, I like this. I like this. So I did it again in seventh grade. We did Othello. I played Amelia, and I won first place. And then I was like, okay. And so I actually was able to incorporate dance into our production of Othello because I grew up dancing. I never really took dance classes. My, all my dance classes were on the stage right next to my dad. So I incorporated dance into it, and that became a theme. Like even after I left middle school, it was like we have to do a dance with every Shakespeare production. Uh, so I had started that, and then eighth grade we did A Comedy of Errors And I was Dromeo of Syracuse and won first place again. And I was like, okay, I have to go to school for this. I have to to somehow foster this newfound passion that I've created, um, that I've discovered, really. So I knew that from seventh grade I was going to performing arts high school. And I had visited that high school. And I was like, this is going to be my future high school. And it was. And I went there. And it taught me a lot. And I actually gave up on acting a couple of times while I was there because I didn't feel like I was taken seriously. And then once you're amongst, like, in middle school, I was the only actor, the only one serious about it. At a performing arts high school, there's a bunch of them. So it's like when you're amongst everybody that's interested in the same thing as you are, it can it can weigh on you. So it was very um, difficult to navigate I definitely gave up a couple of times, but luckily I snapped right back into it before the pandemic hit because I did a show for my advanced acting class called The Wolves and I played the captain and it just, it showed me like, I love to do this. I love to, I love to do the lines. I love to do the blocking. I love to do the work, the, the background work, everything that the people don't necessarily see. I love it. So did that and then ended up at Purchase. So yeah. It's
0: actually funny you uh, brought up COVID because, you know, we both know during that time, COVID had a huge blow on industries, especially the arts and performing arts. And so, you know, a lot of artists got hit pretty badly. But, you know, for some, I know it was definitely an experience they didn't know they needed. But for you, Misa Love, I'm a little bit curious about your time of the pandemic. How do you feel that shaped you as an artist and as, a, as an individual?
1: It definitely helped me grow into who I am and spend time with myself and who I am and, like, what I want to become and who I want to be. Being that I did my last show right before the pandemic hit, I knew, okay, I want to go to school for this. I want to go to school for acting. So going through the whole process of applying for colleges while in the pandemic, while still going into my senior year virtually— not even knowing if I'm going to have any senior year activities like prom or senior trip or things like that. It was a lot of stress, but it was all about the outcome. I was like, I'm working towards something. And, yes, this was a setback. And this is what I mean by I choose to see the world in a positive way because truly COVID happening to the whole world out of my control. I could not have controlled that. There's probably nothing that I could have done differently that you would have made. Who knows, right? And – If that had not happened, who knows if I would be the person that I am sitting here right now. Um, So it was a time of reflection, a time of getting my priorities straight and seeing what I really want to do because all the colleges I applied to, theater colleges. I applied to Howard because I've been wanting to go to Howard since freshman freshman year of high school. If you asked me back then where I was going, it was Howard. I was wearing their sweatshirts, everything, because my mom went there. My uncle went there. I was like, I want to go to Howard for acting. I missed the deadline for that. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm still going to apply though. So I applied for early education, but that's not what I want to do right now. I feel like I would want to be a teacher later on in life after I've experienced so much. but my mom was trying to convince me. She was like, Howard, Howard. Like, so I got in. And that, during that time, not a lot of people from the city were getting into Howard. And I was like, Ugh, I'm not going for this. Like, give it to somebody else, please. Um, but yeah, and my mom, I literally remember this conversation. My mom had said, you can go to Howard and you can minor in acting. And literally without a thought. My mouth moved faster than my, than my brain, than any thoughts that I had. I literally said, acting is not minor to me. And, I, and then I was just like, oh, and I was like, I like that's that that's that's something that I felt in my body that I know that I was not going to go to that school and put it as a second thing or like a back seat. It was going to be the thing I was going to school for. I was going to school for acting regardless. And I didn't I didn't care. I was not changing that. So I would say that time in COVID really helps me come to terms with what I want and what I don't want, what I like and what I dislike, which is something that I feel we all as people should know. We shouldn't walk around being uncertain about ourselves or saying things like saying, I don't know about your own self, because the only person who truly knows you is you, because we're the only people that we can be fully honest with. So
0: acting is not minor to me. That is powerful. That is powerful. So. I'm curious, as a fellow person from Purchase, or at least <laughs> a, at least an alum at this point, right? Uh, what is what is about Purchase that you find appealing? Like, how does how do you feel Purchase like has shaped you and other artists? How what about Purchase that you think has helped you build and like grow as as an actress?
1: Okay, I will be honest with you. At first, purchase was not a favorite of mine. And and this is a crazy story being how if you ask me that like I love purchase, I love it so much. I'm so glad I'm here because I I went through a process of getting here. It was interesting, but um being that so I went to a Repertory Company High School for theater arts and Purchase. So many kids would go to Purchase from our high school. So they would always come every single year, every college day. It was like, okay, Purchase. I see you. You're here. All right. They had the little pamphlets at the security desk. I'm like, all right. I'm seeing Purchase everywhere. Um, and so I would see some of the some of the alumni from my high school at Purchase just on Instagram. I'd be like, oh, Purchase is not for me. I just I don't think that my vibe belongs. I don't think that's my energy. Ah. And they would go for acting. And then my mom was like, "Let's go visit." So I literally went to visit February 2020 and fell in love. I was like, "Okay, this is now my top choice." Because and I don't I don't even know what unlocked that, but I was like, "Okay, this is the goal. This is where I'm going. This is what I want to do." And a, like a week after I went to visit, I these two people, Brian Hills and Bijou Lucello, they came to my high school and they were like, hey, we have this acting program. We're connected with SUNY Purchase. And I'm like, I just went to go visit. Oh my gosh, I have to join their acting program. So I joined, and the thing is, the first day I was supposed to have class was when it shut down. Mm. So I was doing their whole program virtually. And when I tell you, Brian has taught me some of the most, like, I can't even describe how much he's changed, because he's also an alumni purchase he went he was there for their bfa acting program and he was teaching me about auditioning for these schools like what it takes to act and create and just be a creative and just open my mind tremendously so i applied to purchase i applied for their bfa acting program and their theater and performance program i got in for theater and performance but i was waitlisted for the bfa acting program and i was like "Uh, okay But I didn't really want to go to purchase for theater and performance because I feel like that was going to be the same thing as high school. Normally a lot of these performing arts high schools, they have you choose a major. Not at mine. I learned acting, singing, dancing, set design, tech, uh, lighting, sound, costume, literally everything that you can learn. So that's what I felt theater and performance was going to give me. And I was like, nah, I I want to be more on acting, just strictly. Uh, so I was applying to all these other schools. I applied to University of the Arts in Philly, and they were they wanted me. I, I was I was going to go there, but there was divine intervention. They they showed me something different. Um, literally the day that I put the deposit, was going to put the the day that I said to my mom, "I am committing to University of the Arts." Purchase contacted me and said, "You're very high on the wait list. We want you to get more information about our BFA acting programs. So I'm like, "Okay, hold on." Wait up. Let me not make no decision yet. Um, But long story short, they accepted me a couple days before decision day. And when I found out, I cried. Because I was like, this is going to be, like now I really have to make a decision. Because I was thinking like, okay, I really just want to go to Purchase. So should I go for theater and performance? Oh, the BFA acting program, they were playing me. They didn't want me. They waitlisted me and my whole ego and everything. Oh, it was a lot. It was a story. But being that I'm at Purchase now, and I've just finished my first year um, with acting classes with Triona Beverly, script analysis with Scott McRae, and just just amazing, amazing, amazing teachers that know what they're talking about and know what they're doing. Voice class with Maggie. Oh, wow! Like just these these really great people that are so smart and want us all to succeed. And then I'm surrounded with amazing company members. Company 49, shout out to Company 49. We're going to make it. Um, But just like purchase is a school for creatives. It's a school for artists. It's a school for people that have always felt different. It's a school for the people that really do have something to say. And so people sleep on purchase. People say poor choice. All right, I'll give you that, right? But purchase is going to give you an eye-opening experience. Well, you know this, John. Like you, it's 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 an experience and I know that just after 1 year. And the people I met, my friends that I've met, my tribe, my people, like they that feeling of long-lasting friends when you're all on the same have the same mind exact, the same the same outlook on life, it's it's unmatched and I purchase if you're truly meant to be there, you will be there. And you'll feel it and you'll love it and you'll enjoy it so purchase has really changed me and has has also helped me become the person that i am today and just with spirituality with seeing the world in a positive light with living truthfully and unapologetically being an actress being a young black actress um young black female actress honestly um it's not it's not easy there's there's three black girls in my whole company of 15. uh shout out imani and leonora i love y'all but um and we're here, we stick together, and we we make it clear, like, yo, this is not going to be as easy as it is for y'all. It's difficult for, acting is a hard job. Acting is difficult. Because you want to, it's not just, a, oh, I'm going to learn these lines and hope it sticks. No, it has to be real. It has to be convincing, because you can tell when somebody's faking it. And Purchase is teaching us to not fake it. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. So, one thing I've, you and I have both seen is the sense of community that purchase brings, so Misa love when going to purchase and when being home, just being around you know people what what is like community to you like how 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 important is that to you as an artist and as um a young black girl
1: Community is everything. It really is everything. Community with, like, your family, community with friends. I'm, I'm a big, I love my friendships. Every single one of my friends, they know I love them. So every single person I call friend, I love my friendship so deeply because that's my community. That's the people that I know can stick beside me and I'm going to stick beside them. And so, having a community, even learning as a community, because that's how Purchase teaches their acting BFA students. It's all—it's going to be us for the next four years, doing shows together, getting casted together, training together. That community—it's so supportive, and it's so—and it's like a family, honestly. And like, yeah, we argue. Yeah, we have our little family meetings, our get-togethers. Like, yo, I need you to step it up on this. Well, I need you to help me with this. You know, and just being real. Community is about support. It's about a foundation where we can each build each other up, and so community is so important to me. It's very, it's crucial, I think, to making anything work because we all do have this very independent outlook on life. Like, oh, I can make it on my own, but it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to have people there for you. It's okay to be around people that care about you and to care. It's okay to care about other people. Uh, so community definitely just means the world to me. Um, for
0: sure. Yeah, yeah that's beautiful. And there's no better place to find community than in Purchase yep. College. Purchase
1: community.
0: Purchase mafia. Oh, uh, Purchase. Sure. Yeah, it's actually kind of – when you think of a community, it reminds me of uh, events like aphrodisiac. And, mm. yeah, yeah. You, you have been to uh, events like that and also some of the um, fashion walks that happened too. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, I was, how, When you go to – uh, you have been to Aphrodisiac, right?
1: Yes, I loved Aphrodisiac. I'm actually trying to put it together next year. I don't know who I need to talk to, but I want to be on the planning committee for it next year because Aphrodisiac is an amazing event. The I forgot to say this: the Black community at Purchase is strong and alive. I've had uh, incoming Purchase students ask me like, "Hey, like I'm scared. Like I know this is kind of predominantly white institution, but not really. So, like, will I find my people? I found my people within the first Two days. The black community is well and alive at Purchase, and we stick together, and we're there, and we see each other walking around in the midst of everything that's going on. You see your people. So the black community at Purchase, I'm so glad that it exists because we are there, and we are thriving, and we are alive. And with events like Aphrodisiac, with clubs like Soca, Opia, all of it, all of it, we are there, and we are together, and we're in it for the long haul, and we're here to support each other because it's not easy. It's not easy, but the black community at Purchase and the events. Purchase parties, I'm definitely one to be at a Purchase party. And uh, maybe sometimes it doesn't fully go with the acting schedule, but I'll be there. I will be at a Purchase party, Um, especially the big events like Culture Shock, um, because you see all of the creativity. Aphrodisiac, you see it all. You see everything, So, and everybody's there. And even with just the clothes, I'm a big fashion person. I'm a big jewelry person. I wish everybody could see my jewelry. I got on like 18 rings right now and like nine, not 12 bracelets. But um, just the way that people dress at Purchase, the way that people live unapologetically as themselves at Purchase, it's it's a sight to see. And and people wouldn't get it, but I love it. Um, just that, that Purchase community is so strong, but I love the different events that we have at Purchase there. They're definitely for us. So,
0: yeah, that is absolutely true. That is absolutely true. There's, I, I, I keep telling people if there's if there's anything purchase there's three things purchase has. It's music, mm-hmm. uh, theater, acting, mm-hmm. the art, just art period, and community. Yes. Like, sure. oh my gosh, it's amazing down there. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually curious, Mislav. Mm-hmm. So, being in a community just surrounded by artists. How has that shaped you as an artist? Do you feel like you're even, like, more, let's say, has, you felt you've you been, like, sharpened more in your, like, creative pursuits and your um, abilities? Or do you feel like you still, like, have a lot further to go? or Do you feel like you're at, like, you're better than you've ever been before? Like, how do you feel right now as an artist, having been surrounded by so many other artists?
1: Well, I want to always grow. That's the thing. I I um I've said I want to I like kind of being unsatisfied, but not to the point where like I'm never fully trusting my work, but to the point where it's like, okay. I don't ever want to feel like, okay, yeah, there's no there's I I I'm up. I can't go anywhere else from here. I'm done. I've mastered acting, you know? I want to still be learning, still be growing, still be perfecting my craft and and still pushing out good work and making good work and learning and growing as a human being in this world in this creative world in this in this society that we live in um but being around other actors 24/7 has actually helped me realize realize that we're all unique but we all work together like I, like I'm definitely a different person than the other black actresses in my company we all act different none of we're not the same and we don't take in the work is the same we don't do the work the same but that doesn't mean either one of us is wrong so it's helped me kind of realize my individuality but that I do play a part and I do I am a piece of this puzzle that we're all a part of um so it's definitely expanded my mind and just seeing other people work and seeing other breakthroughs it expands even my director mind of like wow like I see I have this idea I have that idea oh my gosh and then incorporating it for myself and working on it for myself. And it helps me actually be more out there and more outgoing because I'm very, growing up, having a, a loud father that is an entertainer and that, that screams on stage and jumps around and everything, you pick that up. But when you go to a private school in Harlem, they they tell you, shh, tone it down, tone it down, tone it down. So I'm realizing the, the, how that is affecting me now with going for things or just doing going with my gut and just putting myself out there and how that can limit me and I'm editing myself but um yeah being surrounded by artists especially ones that have similar goals and that are supporting you with your goals it's 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 (laughs) it's an unmatched feeling for real so
0: that is amazing so now let's go into your career Misa Love let's go into your Aspirations first. I'm a little bit curious about the field of acting and performing. When you when you think actress, is your goal to be in like movies or or TV or Broadway? Where do you plan to go?
1: I definitely never want to stray away from the theater. Uh, That's where my roots are. That's where I've come from, and I never want to leave that. So I always want to do. I always. I said to somebody the other day, I said I want to do at least two plays a year um, that's that's the goal that's that's the minimum um, but I always I always want to branch out into something new trying TV. I'm very interested in getting into film. Film seems like a fun process an interesting process, a hard process and a challenging process being that I am coming straight from theater. And that with theater, you can't have any mistakes. If it happens on stage, it happens on stage. Everybody already saw it. Film, you have different takes, and then also I want to just learn more about the art of film because the art of film is so fascinating to me with different cuts and takes. And I, I just would love to be a part of that process. And then TV shows, I that just need, like I, I need to think about that a little bit more about what kind of TV shows I would be interested. Drama, comedy, like I don't know. I would need to really. Put a little bit more thought into it, but um, I am definitely interested in everything. I want I want to explore all facets of acting because it's there for me to explore. It's in my reach. So,
0: wow, that's really cool. So, so Misa Love, what is when you look at like let's say film? When you look at film, there's some there are some out there that have you know won just loads of Oscars, critical acclaim. Mm-hmm. It, films that have been recognized as art mm-hmm. instead of just entertainment because they because critics and um screeners have given a very clear distinction of art and entertainment mm-hmm. but in, in your eyes Misa Love, is there truly a difference between art and entertainment
1: uh entertaining is an art being able to entertain people and keep people's attention span and keep people just gripped to the screen and just so invested, that is an art and it takes work. It is a craft. So, to me, everything is art. Everything comes from something and everything has literally shown and proven that it is art. Like somebody, this this shelf on the wall, somebody designed it that way. The, the colors of certain things, they, they were like, I want this color for this. I want it to look nice, right? So. I think everything is art, art is so, art is up to interpretation. And if somebody sees something as art and other people don't, that's perspective. So I think there could be a difference when it comes to, say, like, movie angles or just like transitions or just different artistic choices made by directors or filmmakers, anything like that. Um, but I think anything that is produced and come from a beautiful idea or just that's that's a spark and has been brought to fruition is art um, And if it entertains somebody that's an, that's a bonus because that's some that's that's hard to do so
0: ah, yeah well that's well put right there. So we have seen a bit of let's say, familiarity like if you have seen like some common themes within uh movies oftentimes let's say with dramas there's you know it's often sad or it's like hard to watch there's a lot of like, let's say it's about violence or like drug abuse or getting over trauma and then for comedies it's always it's usually like you know a little um like some duo trying to like mm-hmm. bounce all over each other and make jokes and then with action it's always just explosions and fighting. And, yeah. fighting and everything it's it feels like some of the genres are just becoming more predictable mm-hmm. and so how do you see Misa love how do you see like those genres with such predictability how do you see that how do you see where directors or artists can just like break away from that and like try to make an archetype rather than a stereotype
1: Mm, So, we talk about archetypes in our training, and again, all of these things, man-made, societal, built, all of that, right? So, um, the thing is with uh, theater, it is definitely, I don't know how true this is. It's it's a little easier to get things up or just like erratic ideas up on its feet when it's in a theater, because, and that's why I love reading new works. I just read a couple um, new works yesterday um, and it's just an interesting to see the ideas and just the, the way that things play out. And yes, some things can be predictable. Yes, there's stories that we've seen before, but it's all about people coming up with new ideas. And then even if some, we've seen it before, it's the actor's job and the actor's choice to bring something different. Even if it's a head tilt, if it's the way that a bag is grabbed, if it's an accent choice, everything. So there's there's different ways to create what my... First-year acting teacher, Trisana Beverly, likes to call nuance. Um, to make something a little bit more than what it is. Um, and to add something to it.
0: Add something to it. How about that? So, Misela, I want to actually... This is kind of a bit of a question I've been wanting to ask for a long time. But when you've seen some movies, what are like the movies you've seen so far, what are some that, like... Or at least one that genuinely made you emotional. And how do you how did you see that being possible? Mm.
1: Emotional movie. Let me see. Okay. So here's the thing with me. I am a big lover of cartoon movies. I am a Pixar fiend. Okay, so I need to think of my real human movie um but a movie that that uh opened my eyes a little bit i would say it's a cartoon movie it was soul soul was super and i'm a big sucker for good animation and like smooth transitions and everything soul was very very interesting to me i don't know if that's the exact one i need to let me think uh are there
0: any other um hmm. Are there any other uh, cartoon movies or, like, any things else? Like, let's say not just cartoon movies. Are you a fan of, let's say, anime, like Studio Ghibli and things like that?
1: I have yet to get into anime. Like, I really want to, and I feel like I just need the right person to put me on and just sit me in front of TV and say, watch this. You'll love it. But, like, I watch a little bit of Naruto here and there, but, you know. And
0: honestly, if, if you just ask, I will... I will put you in a movie there. We will watch like Studio Ghibli films. You'll love them.
1: Great. That's, you're going to be the person that's going to tell me, you watch it. Okay, perfect. Great. That's what I need. Um, hmm. A movie that is. Well, let's. I might have to get back to you on this one.
0: Well, let's just talk about Soul for a little bit. What, how do you see that being, you know, so powerful?
1: Uh, it just, it's, it was a way different from normal animation movies that are, that have like, animals involved and i will say i did have certain thoughts on soul being that uh i will say that this is the first disney movie that i've seen where we've seen a black body on stage the full time i uh, on stage see see where my mind is <laughs> on screen the full time but um it was where a majority of it was of a White woman embodying the black body, so it's like the white woman voice, you know. So it's like okay, we we got to see it because even with um Princess and the Frog, right? You have a movie about a black princess, but she's a frog for majority of the movie. Um, so just things like that. I, I definitely noticed things like that. Um, but just the overall message of it of just like finding your thing. We there's there's something beyond us. There's something bigger than us out there. Um and that it's okay to not necessarily know what you want to do and that that whole thing about community there's people out there that are willing to help um yeah i don't know i, I really want to figure out what that movie is i think that's that's something i need to do, need to talk to myself about but yeah soul was just like it was a it was different it was different from the normal what we were talking about—the predictable things. I've never seen a, a premise exactly like that before. So,
0: yeah, yeah, and it's funny you um, brought up you know, the um, black character being on screen for the majority of time, and yet someone else just like taking his voice, kind of taking his role, and then with the Prince and the Frog and everything, yeah. just I remember asking. Uh, um, the film director's name was Ezekiel Claire uh, way back in the first episode like how Hollywood might misunderstand or misinterpret the black protagonist mm-hmm. so I'm a little curious to hear your take on it Misa Love how do you feel that we can better sharpen the image and sort of character of the black protagonist especially with black female protagonists
1: uh Abolish all sorts and types of stereotypes and and uh, different things. Like, say, you have the, even with, like, colorism, um, choosing, like, lighter-skinned women to play, to tell these dark-skinned women's stories. I, I will never forget. And so much love to her because she bodied the role, but just the book The Hate You Give. Ooh. And how on the cover it was a dark-skinned woman, but a light-skinned woman played the role in the movie and it's like okay bodied. anyway I'm, I'm gonna give her flowers on that but it's like okay this is where I feel like casting directors really play a role too like whoever is casting this they also need to be aware of those stereotypes and breaking those barriers and breaking those borders and changing the system um so and I I, I encourage a lot of students that are like that I come in contact with that want to get into the theater world, like if you want to do something, become a casting director, especially to the black girls and boys that I see. Is like become a casting director. You hold a lot of lot of power.
0: Yeah, yeah, and like especially when you brought up dark skin girls, because I remember one of the most telling uh, stories, and yet one that might have been, you know, unintentionally like a little damaging was that movie. You ever seen uh, Precious?
1: Yes. Oh my gosh, Precious. They. You see, that's what I mean. Hollywood really, like, ah, this is... I've been saying this for so long. I wish when I was growing up that there was a black girl coming-of-age movie. And so I'm saying, like, right now, they could get um, Marci Martin. uh, Who who are some of their names? Um, The girl from Stranger Things, the black black girl, the black little sister. And... um, Shahadi, Shahadi, right, Joseph, the girl that was in Us. Um, If they they got the three of them to do some black girl coming-of-age movie where they're figuring out life, I feel like that could really just, like, change the world and really change, like, the way that the world views black girls and that other black girls, they can see themselves in, like, a positive light and not necessarily going through trauma or going through hardships. Like, black people do experience joy. So movies about black joy in Hollywood... Would change the whole thing around, but I think Black Joy is something very hard to grasp if you haven't necessarily experienced it.
0: And you know what? That reminds me of when I think of you know empowerment to dark skin women. I also thought of it was sort of so ironic to me just the movie how Black Panther like portrayed um, Black people sh- showing us all the emotions mm-hmm. that Black people feel, which is no different from any other person on the earth. There's joy, anger, grief. Mm-hmm. Uh, guilt yeah. so and especially when you know black women took up like majority of cats, pretty much because they were running the armies and standing as council do you see like the any irony at all in a movie a mcu movie built for like the entertainment of families just bringing so much like empowerment when other films haven't
1: it's very interesting. It's not something that I expected, honestly. But um, Black Panther, it it, it was good. I, I enjoyed it a lot, and I loved the hype that it got. I loved um, what it brought to our community, and just all the actors in it, all of the even like extra every that that was that encapsulated the black experience as much as it could with the with the storyline that it had. Um, and I just I thoroughly enjoyed that and it was it was it was needed, obviously. Um and I think it was something for us to enjoy and that we loved and just to see I know it helped with the the black boys coming up and everything like that. It definitely definitely was um needed and helpful to our experience.
0: So uh you said, said you wanted to be a director, Misa Love, so once you become director, how do you want to change the way stories are told, especially for um, for the Black community? How do you want to leave your mark in the world of theater and film?
1: Uh, definitely putting my my true and real thoughts out there for people to see, and um, encapsulating Black joy that's that's very big for me. Um, because I know the black joy that I experience, and I'm like, people really know nothing about this. People don't see this. People, people try to take from it. People, people don't understand it. And I would just love to give back to my community to show like our black joy exists on screen. Our black joy exists beyond just the, the little moments that we get to have it and the little moments that we have had to have it. Um... So, that that's really as a director, I would love to show that show that story and tell it truthfully because I know that I have experienced it and I would love to see it on screen. All
0: right, I love that. I love that. So, this is kind of a question I'm curious in, but do you have a director that you've always wanted to always wanted to work with? Mm,
1: a director I would always want to work with uh, I don't know. I, I, any, honestly, anybody black, anybody, anybody black that is on the same timing that I'm on, and that can also open my eyes and, and show me, show me a lot, and tell me a lot, and help me learn a lot. That's I don't, I don't think I have a specific name yet.
0: So that means it could be like Spike Lee or Definitely Barry Jenkins.
1: Definitely Spike. I, I wanna, I wanna see what Spike is like when he's working on something. But yeah.
0: All right, cool. So, niece love. I want to ask you a little bit. Besides, you know, filming everything, the business you um, said you set up—you called it "Made with Love," didn't you? Yes. So, "Made with Love." How? How have you? Let's say, how is like baking, and you know, how is like the culinary arts, you could say. How is that? Do you feel like that has helped any bit with? your experience um, outside of it, like with your acting experience and everything?
1: For sure, it actually calms me down. And um, it actually brings me joy. It's one of the things that brings me joy, just to create something. And with acting, the the process can be, it's very nonlinear. It's very much like you can be here if you need to prepare for something, or you can be lower if you need to prepare for something. But with baking, it's very consistent. And as an actor, at some somewhere in your life, you need some sort of consistency. So I know that if I have three cups of sugar and three fourth cups of brown sugar and eggs and milk and all of that, I can make some good cinnamon rolls or cookies or brownies or something like that, and it'll always work out for me every single time. Um, so that con- that consistency helps keep me calm. It helps me um, have my own joy, and then especially if I'm baking for other people, it brings joy to their faces um because I make everything from scratch. So, just very much just cautious about Yes, it's sweets, but like this is what's being put into your body. No none of that added stuff, you know? But um yeah, it definitely helps me a lot. It's very very calming, very soothing. So, yeah.
0: Very calming, very soothing. So now with your business, your acting and everything, you know, you I want to make sure you're I want, to, I want to know a little bit about, you know, things other things you do for yourself. So with artists, there's often the discussion of, you know, protecting, like, mental health and protecting one's, like, spirituality and, like, inner peace. So while your business, while baking does, you know, calm you down, does give you some uh, peace of mind, what are the other ways that you've ensured, like, maintenance of like uh, your mental health and your and your inner inner wellness.
1: Well, I speak to my mom about everything. My mom is like my confidant. She she helps put things in perspective for me because aside from myself, she definitely understands me. Um, because we're very similar um, in a lot of ways. But um other than that, I I sit and breathe and it sounds so like Basic or like oh of course you have to breathe whatever whatever but um, the power of the breath and the fact that we have the the ability to breathe in and out as much as we want as many times as we want throughout the day for our whole entire lives um, that's a blessing.
0: Yeah, honestly, it's one of the few if only things that's not limited because yeah. there's a limit to how much we walk, how much we eat, how much we sleep, how long we sleep. I just yeah. there's no limit to to breath and that. And just taking a deep breath sometimes can genuinely, like, calm you down. So it's amazing, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Breathing is definitely one of my go-tos and just kind of centering myself and getting in tune with myself and setting. I think also setting my vibe. I say this all, all the time. Regardless of where you are, you are able to make a space your own. So literally whenever I've, I've been in another country, another place, whenever I'm at college, whenever I'm at home, you can tell like, what side or what room is mine? Like, based off, like, my my yellow, my big yellow comforter, or just my, my area of crystals, I bring my crystals every If I'm staying at some place for more than two nights, I bring my crystals. Um, just so I have my setup and this is my energy and this is me feng, feng shuiing the room, basically, you know? So, yeah, that's how I keep my mental health in check.
0: And do you do, like, any sort of... Um, breathing exercises before you go into like your um, baking business or before you go on stage like uh, sort of um, what do you do to like you know prep you up or get your uh, mind uh, where you wanted to go
1: I definitely breathing into the diaphragm and just getting in tune with that but also uh, making voiced breaths and hearing my voice and allowing my voice to drop in fully because that is so important and the way that the breath connects to the body which connects to the voice it's it's magic so that's that's the way that I prepare myself for sure
0: oh that's amazing Mm -hmm. well I just have uh one more question for you Misa Love so where do you want to be in five years where do you Where do you see yourself going, whether through your business or through acting or through your own, like, spirituality? Where do you want to go, Misa Love, in five years?
1: In five years, I, I want to be sure of myself and be happy, and I think I wanna fully unlock my power. The power that I have within me that I've allowed to be weighed down or that I've shoved deep down inside of me. I want my power to be unlocked. Um, Definitely living happy and and living in my black joy and being secure and successful within my career and growing and learning as always. Um, But I'm I'm very big on not being stagnant in life. And I just always want to keep moving and keep going, keep growing and unlocking who I am more and more every day. Um, so I won't say like, oh, I have this specific goal set up and this if I don't reach this, I'm going to be mad. No, I want to live in the moment and enjoy every day because we haven't reached that five years yet. And who knows what's going to happen? Who knows like where the world is going to take me and what I'm going to learn and figure out? Um, so I'm just willing to to live. I wanna live, honestly, that's that's my main thing. I wanna live my life, I wanna live carefree, I wanna live unapologetically, I wanna, I wanna just live um, and enjoy the life that I'm living for myself and not for anybody else, but for myself. For Misa Love Smith, I wanna enjoy the life that I'm gonna be living in five years, 10 years, 20 years, the rest of my life, so.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. 'Cause awesome because we both know that ultimately, if you have happiness in life, then honestly, there's nothing even better. And maintaining, maintaining ones, just being able to maintain that, just be able to ensure that is, I feel like a lot of people like overstep that because yeah. you we think about like you know the hustler culture where people are literally like burning through, the, like are not even sleeping enough hours at night or mm-hmm. missing out time with their families just mm-hmm. to achieve their dreams mm-hmm. or to, because they think what they're doing right now is not good enough when they, yeah. when all they can do is just stop and look at what they have. Yeah. That's that right there. That's, it's kind of sad when that happens, yeah. you know, yeah. because they could be really missing out on things. That's how relationships get broken. But, yeah. but for you, Mr. Love, you want to ensure that, you know, you know what you have and like what you have to be thankful for and yeah. be able to be happy, that's the most important thing in the world. Yes. So thank you very much for that input. No problem. All righty, folks. So that is it for this episode of the upcoming. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you again, Misa Love, for coming and giving us your fantastic insight. Yes,
1: thank you for having me.
0: All right. You are welcome. You are welcome. So stay tuned next week, folks. We are on Spotify, as always. That's next Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. That is all for the upcoming. Good night. Thank you for tuning in to the upcoming. If you like this, be sure to follow us on Spotify for more amazing content. The best is yet to come. Take care, everybody.